0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: (laughs) So,
2: Mike, you got your camera? Still having problems
1: with that? Yeah, I'm just going to go without, and you won't uh, get to see my lovely face. And that, people, is how I think we're going to start Geekiest Show Ever. My camera is being a pain in the butt and won't let everybody see my face. So then uh, Lisa decided to take pity on me and turn her camera off. So uh, So that's
2: being censored we can't see your good, your
1: beautiful punham. Uh, yeah. Or the fact I haven't shaved yet in a couple days just because I hate abusing my face. But, uh, speaking of something that's not abusive, weather. ours is finally, I think, um, we may have a day or two of spring before summer hits. Uh, maybe today was actually up to 70. The temperature wasn't bad. Uh, it's quit raining for now, although I think it's supposed to start again tonight. I went out and actually put the you know, in spring business here, I think there was a certain pool that got opened up this weekend. Um, and I went and put my uh, the canvas on our canopy up. So I guess we decided that spring is here. You know, uh, summer will soon be here in, what, about a month? What is this, May, June?
2: Yeah, a little less.
1: 20-some days, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we'll have a couple days of spring before summer gets here. But And, um, yeah, I, I heard... Uh, there was a, a, a pool opened up in New York somewhere that uh, you can, are,
2: ooh, ooh. <laughs>
1: are, are you able to enjoy it now or do you need no. to put wet wear on? It's going to
2: be, it's going to be a while. It's about 59 degrees okay. in the pool. The water's cold. However, it's open. Tom, you know, he opened it, he cleaned it, he shocked it. So now it's just a matter of letting it warm up, but it hit about 84 today. Ooh. Very windy. Very windy. But it was nice because I would sit outside, then I'd run back in the house to watch, you know, the Red Sox and then I'd run back outside when they were in the field and I'd go back and forth. Because it was also like I
0: said, windy. You should have worked up enough of a sweat by then to jump take a dip. No, not when it's fifty nine <laughs>
1: degrees. It'd shock your system. If if,
0: if 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 just just think of just
2: think of the uh, the Seinfeld episode called Shrinkage, okay. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, we were just talking, you're small enough. I don't think you want to shrink anymore. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's it. Right. Um, tomorrow is supposed to be 75. Tuesday is going to be crap. That's going to be the rain that you that you said you're going to be getting, Mike. We're only Probably. supposed to hit 57 on Tuesday and you know, cold and rainy and then back up to the mid-70s. So nice in the respect that it's in the 70s, but not warm enough yet, plus rain in between. So it's going to be a while before the pool is warm enough, but what will end up happening, what I do, is on nice days, I just go and I sit on the edge and put my feet in. And I just bring a book out and read. And um I'm happy.
1: Yeah. And I think our weather is yeah, it's supposed to where's the uh weekly forecast here. I think uh yeah, today's the warmest. We're up to like seventy one now. That's kind of our high. Um I think but uh yeah rain tonight and then the rest of the week I think temperature's gonna be in the sixties or Ariel, 10 days, uh, 60s. It's not terrible weather, not like what we've had about a month ago or whatever it was when we had our freaking blizzard, but, uh, oh, uh, high 60s, low 70s. That's not terrible. Some rain, uh, we've had enough rain. I, we're, we're good. We can, uh, you never wish away rain in South Dakota, but if we could just bank some of it and take it out later, that would be kind Yeah, it's awesome. been crazy with the rain this, this whole spring. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's cold yet. We still, we went out, farmers have barely gotten in the fields because it's still wet around here. Uh, and they need to be getting uh, the, uh, the window for like wheat and uh, small grains. is kind of starting to close and it's kind of starting to get close on corn. You can still put, plant soybeans yet, but you know, some of this stuff, it'll get pushed back if you plant it too far. And then there's always a problem of frost and other things. But uh, yeah, so that's a bit of a problem. The ground, I haven't heard anything, but I'm sure the ground is still... Not completely warmed up yet, like it should be for optimal germination. So, yeah, it's getting a little uh, cranky here. And do we mm. even want to know what it's mm-hmm. like out west? There or is it just the same old shit?
0: Uh, <laughs> it's getting hotter. Our summer feels like it's already cr- creeping in on us. We're we're at that point now where it's hot, and the kids are out of school, the hubby's out of school. So now. Poor hubby, <laughs> this is his one week off before he starts his summer internship, and I've already given him like a four-page to-do list of all the things that we need to do that we've been putting off because of other summer stuff. And I, I saw this week coming, and you know we have to mind the temperature too because it's it's only it's only going to be in the uh, upper seventies and mid eighties for the next couple of days. But by when by Thursday we're going to hit ninety three. Then it's going to keep going up and up and up and then by the following tuesday we'll hit 100. Ooh. So already getting into the triple digits. Mm. So looking at that impending doom of that that heat coming our way is like, yeah, let's get our asses in gear, let's clean out the garage, let's let's purge stuff, let's cuz we we we've been wanting to have a, a back patio for a while and it's just one of those things. It's just we just kept putting off and finally we got the itch to do it. So we're motivated by by stuff, but we've We've got to mind those temperatures. (laughs) I'm laughing. You know, you're talking about your pool. We have, uh, we're a little desperate out here for stuff to cool off with. So we had gotten some nice little lawn chairs and we were talking about short people problems earlier and uh, we decided to finally get ourselves some of those nice, like, you know, they're just resin. I'm, I'm leery on getting too much plastic, but it, it looks like it, it'll maybe hold up for a year or two. Uh, one of those Adirondack chairs that's made out of the resin, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, yep. I had to laugh because we were going to get a matching set, but my husband's so tall. <laughs> and I went and t- sat in the size that fit him, and I couldn't put my feet flat on the ground. So we have this little, we have a big chair and a little chair out front now. So there's a his and a hers. It just looks kind of. <laughs> funny it looks very comical but uh we're, we're getting ready we have a little i bought one of those little baby pools, you know just little cheap cheapy ones and it's already cracked <laughs> maybe about three days and it's cracked already because of the sun Uh-oh. so i have it in the shade but it's just i guess it's just not enough so i will be trying to patch that and see if i can salvage it because i want something for the dog to cool off in because you know she's going to be hot too so the kids you know it's just it's good enough to stick your feet in like like you were saying it's just it's if you can just get your feet in it's enough to try to cool you off when you're sitting out there trying to do some gardening or something but yeah it's getting to be close to the time where we will be estivating. kind of like you know you guys hibernate in the winter we estivate in the summer it's kind of the same deal where we only can get things done early in the morning or late in the evening so we're up pretty much We're we eat late we stay up late. We sleep in if we can, if if at all possible. We try to take a nap in the middle of the day. Lots of siestas out here <laughs> because it's just so hot. It's just so hot that you can't get anything done in the middle of the day. It's just it gets to be very oppressive when it's in the triple yeah. digits. And, mm. and it's dangerous, too. It That and it's really bad on your car. So you want to try to get all any any type of driving or any type of activities that involve Going out and running around, you really want to try to get those done either early in the morning or late in the evening, when it's cooler. So
2: now, people down there, do they
0: have pools in their backyard, or is that something oh, yeah. where it's just too hot to have a pool? No, there's lots of pools. Although, the the problem is is that they're just such high maintenance. There's just well, you you know, I mean, there's just so much maintenance to them, and it is it it, it can be just too hot to go out in it. So I think that's why a lot of people complain. Like they'll get a house that's thinking. Either they move here from someone else somewhere else, and they think, "Oh, we have to have a pool." And then they get out here and they settle in, and they think, "Oh, this pool is just a pain in the ass, and then they don't use it. So I see that happen a lot. i I just know people with pools. We go to their houses and visit. like that's the only time they ever get to use the pool is if they invite people over because they just it's too much work and too much for them to just get out and enjoy it themselves. They'd rather just stay inside or go do something else. So it can be. Yeah, but the good thing for
2: you, it's what, eight to
0: nine months that you can use it. We get to use ours for three months. Right. That's true. That's true. But yeah, the problem is then, you know kids are in school there's too just too much so yeah you, you know, if you're retired i guess that's really great but not for families i, I guess maybe that's where i hear the complaints as people on my my cohort with kids and stuff there's just not enough time to really even be able to enjoy it when you can enjoy it during the during the day so that's why a lot of people retire here you know we are the new mm. florida so Ooh. for them i'm sure it's really probably really great especially if they have a pool boy
1: mm. wow <laughs> okay and uh, yeah our our uh, summer vacation for school started uh, last Wednesday, which means nothing Oh, you guys for are out me. too? Yes. Uh, and we won't go back until like August uh, 20-something, I think. Uh, so we get like about three months off. But, th- you know, this is a farming community. A lot of kids uh, either help with the farm. Uh, or they get summer jobs to earn money for you know. I keep threatening my kids that I'm
0: going to send them to a farm, so I may have to uh, ship them out to you because they get frustrated when we ask them to do stuff. I said, "Do you know there's kids out there plowing fields?
1: <laughs> um, I'm
0: going to go send you over there."
1: Well, you, you know, here's why I hated snow days when I was a kid because we'd have a snow day and Dad would go, "It's when a great." When you were a kid, you hate him now as an adult. Well, yeah, I do. But when I was a kid on the farm, uh, we'd have a snow day, and Dad would figure, well, why uh, have a bobcat to clean out the barn when, when you got a kid and a pitchfork and a manure spreader? <laughs> so uh, any snow day, we would be out there literally pitching shit into the uh, um, manure spreader, uh-huh. and Dad would go out and spread it. So, I mean, I cleaned out a lot of barns by, uh, you know, pitching shit. And I lifted, uh, I hauled rocks, I, uh, you know, bay uh we didn't have a lot of square bales most of it was like loose hay but still uh, ba- uh we had to deal with bales five gallon buckets of pa- uh, water and grain and shoveling grain and yeah so i think that's what got me that was your free gym yeah and you basically. wonder
2: mike why i'm a city girl
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um and i take i'm cred- a
2: suburban girl.
1: And that, I credit all that for giving me the ability, because even like when, you know, a custodial job like this, when you're stripping wax, it's an incredibly boring, mundane. Uh, I don't want to make it sound horribly physical, but I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And that's why I am able to do it, because I've been trained by, you know, pitching manure. And, and I would try to argue with my dad, which never worked. Um, And, you know, we'd have some epic battles about this stuff, but in the end, he still won and the barn still got cleaned. Mm
2: -hmm. So,
1: you know, it's kind of taught me to stick to, uh, stick with something till you see it done because you're going to have to do it anyway. So just shut up and do it, so... Uh, I'm
0: going to make my kids listen to this section of the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, see, well, it's not just me saying it, damn it. Right, and then <laughs> even after I quit farming, I went to work at the potato chip plant. I was still hauling uh, buckets of chips and rolls of film and bags of seasoning. And even at school, you got to empty out the classrooms. you got to dump garbage. So I you know, I would like to take the accumulated mass of all the stuff that I've moved over the years and put it in one great big pile and see how big a mountain this would be because – rocks don't even get me started on picking rocks but um so i've been i like to think of myself as a workhorse um when it comes to that kind of stuff so yeah it's well, built my character
2: lazy you're not
1: well i wouldn't go that far i mean i if no, i can you're get,
2: not you're not a lazy person
1: if i can get out of work i will i you know I, yeah
2: but but you're not
1: when i lazy do it is
2: I, yeah you yeah. when
1: you when you're at work you do what
2: you have to do you don't Cut, right. cut corners and take no. shortcuts you do what you need to do right. to me if you were a lazy person you'd be on your butt all day long and bitching and screaming about doing anything
1: well yeah okay it depends yeah it depends how you define it but yes uh when i do work i i knuckle down and do it but believe me when i get home i put my feet up and play video games because i don't <laughs> you know but you know there's like extremes there so uh you know i'm working and i come home my feet hurt my back uh it, I don't want... It, it just aches. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. You're
2: relaxing. Yes. You're relaxing. You're recovering.
1: Yeah. You're not being lazy. Right. Well, okay. Yeah, I'll go guys, with us. You
2: know, if, if it's snowing, you're out there shoveling the driveway. Oh, so... Yeah.
1: Or the sidewalk or... The, hey, right, yeah. I'm giving right. you
0: credit. Take okay.
1: it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Shut up and accept <laughs> the compliment, dumbass. Okay.
0: All right. Can I ask you guys, how how did you deal with your, your kids when they went through that, that lazy teenager phase? Uh, uh, we're we're entering into that where the kids are a lot just of yelling. tired all the time. A lot of yelling. Yeah, a lot of yelling. Yeah, yeah
1: basically. Yeah,
0: a lot of yelling. Yeah.
1: We were not there's, subtle. There's
0: there's no moving them, huh?
2: Yeah. Uh, it was you know you live here too. Mm-hmm. It was you live here too. Mm-hmm. You know I am not the maid. I mean oh, let, d- yeah definitely not. Well no. what well if what there's I socks did, on the floor I pick them up and put them right in their face so I'm not picking what, them up. What I ended mm-hmm. up doing and some people thought I was horrible for doing this but. It, it helped in the long run. I would always, uh, our laundry is all separate. My hus- I always did, my husband and mine together, but I always did the kids, each child individually because it was just easier keeping straight, especially when you've got, you know, 20 pairs of socks, yeah, yeah. they're uh-huh. all wearing the same socks. Uh-huh. So it was just easier, yeah. made my life easier. So I would wash their clothes, fold their clothes, and then put the basket on their bed. And then they would just, all they'd have to do is take it out of the basket and put it in the drawer. Uh-huh. Well- They would shove it in the drawer if they put it Uh away at all. So finally, I said, you know something? And this is when they were single digits. Mm -hmm. So they were like between 9 and 13 years old. I said, you're doing your own laundry. I'm not doing it for you anymore. Mm -hmm. I am not wasting my time washing your clothes, drying your clothes, folding your clothes for you to roll them up into a little ball. You want to do that? You do your laundry yourself. I showed them how to do it. They've been doing their own laundry And it was probably the best thing I did because once I know my middle son got to college, he said he was the only one on his dorm floor who knew how to do his own laundry.
0: See, see, that's I'm glad you said that because that's what my goal has been. And I started initiating this about maybe two or three years ago that we've been at this. It takes a hell of a lot longer. We have have a, a small guest room in the back of the house that's just got a bed in it, you know, and that's kind of like our laundry station. So that's where they end up doing it. But, oh, my God, it's like all the clothes are there <laughs> they're all clean but they're just all straight across the bed and they they'll, sometimes they'll just keep picking from there there's now luckily they have uniforms so during the school year it's not as big of a deal because you know i make them get the uniforms ready to go and that just takes a lot of stress off of what you know choices what are we going to wear wh- when are we going to wear it Those that sorts of things but yeah I'm, uh-huh. i make them do it themselves because i that's exactly what i'm after i want them to be able to do it when they're older. I watched my brothers not know how to do their laundry, and I said, nope, not not my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I also make them clean the bathroom. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, Again, they don't do a very good job of it.
2: <laughs> Sometimes right. I have
0: to go do it later, but I at least make them do it. Yeah.
2: They had yeah. to empty the dishwasher. They had to help. If my husband was outside raking leaves, I'd say, go outside and help your father. I want to watch TV. Mm-hmm. Like, so does dad. Go out there and help <laughs> him for an hour, pick up the leaves. You know, you live here too. I said, uh, and I would say things like, Who's the one who drives you to and from work? Who's the one who drives you to and from your practices? You can help out around here.
0: Yeah, I'm. I as much as I'm not looking forward to them driving. There are times I get glimpses and I think about how I kind of fantasize about them being able to drive and take me. My places. middle
2: son, my middle son, who's the teacher, he was really yeah. good. You never even yeah. had to say a word to him. If it yeah. snowed on a school, you know, if it snowed on a school day enough that you had a shovel, but not so much that school was canceled. And my husband was outside at five thirty in the morning shoveling. Shane would get up, get dressed, go downstairs, and help him shovel. You uh-huh. didn't even have to ask him; he would just do it. And The same with um,
0: raking the leaves. The other two. I don't want to. Uh-huh. It's like, guess uh-huh. what? None of us want to. Yeah, that's what that's been our argument. We all have to do things we don't want to do.
1: Right, and with our kids, we didn't. I don't know. I can't say we had any magic formula. We didn't really assign them any chores. I, you know, I don't have any clear recollection of anything like. But I know. With my oldest son, who I've mentioned before, is high functioning autistic. We always had the goal in mind that he needed to be self sufficient. He needed to be able to take care of himself as much as he can, because we're not always going to be here. And mm-hmm. his brother and his sister shouldn't have to take care of him. Because I've seen a lot of kids, uh, you know, in his uh, his state um, like him, that the parents just. Babied him, and uh, cod- I don't want to say babied and coddled them, but they were overprotective of yeah. them, and they were they depended upon the parent till they became too old, and then I don't know what happened to them. And like I say, our goal with uh, Eric was always to make him uh, as self sufficient as he can. So he lives in an apartment by himself. He manages his money. It's in a uh, um uh how do I say? It's not a developmental community, but it's a uh, it's a controlled environment. It's a uh, safe building. So there's it's lower income is what I guess I'm trying there's to say. There's other
0: people. other people there like him.
1: Uh some, but some are just old uh it's it's a variety of stuff. It's just a uh, uh a rent controlled building or a, uh like assisted living in a way? No, no, because he's gotta take care of himself. Um but it's There's uh, nobody there in case of emergency. Right, right. It's just so uh, it's not
2: like a group home kind no, of. A, no, no,
1: no, no, nothing like that. It's just a uh low income housing, I think is basically what it is. Because he you know he's uh he he gets SSI. So, you know, but uh so there's people of different kinds there. There's some like Him, there's some old people, some people with disabilities. It's but it's not like a managed facility, it's a secure facility. You have to uh, uh, unlock the door to get in, Um, so you know, there is a certain safety aspect to it, but. You know, he takes care of himself. He does his own uh, laundry. He does his own cooking. We go to Watertown every week. We pick him up, and then our other son meets us, and we go shopping together. So we take him shopping, and we make it kind of a uh, family affair. Uh, But, uh, like I said, I don't – so with him, he did get, you know, help to make sure that he was able to take care of himself. I guess the others picked it up. Now, my middle son – I always kind of say that, you know, he might make somebody a good wife someday. I guess that's a horribly sexist <laughs> thing to say nowadays, but I mean, he keeps a good house. He go in there, it's clean, it's organized. Uh, uh, he's working on the cooking thing. Uh, he's, you know, trying more stuff. He's, you know, learn, he, he's got a slow cook. He'll throw things in there. So he's starting to do, you know, more stuff like that. And he lives by himself. He's bought, bought himself a house uh, about a year ago. So yeah, well, good for him. Yeah. And so, and then my Great. daughter uh, uh, lives with her boyfriend and, you know, they you know take care of themselves. So they keep a good enough house. So like I say, I can't say that we had a special plan to get them to that uh, into that position. But uh, they got there by themselves, and you know maybe they learned by examples watching us. You know do things. I would come home. They knew that I worked hard to do stuff. So they knew they had a work ethic instilled in them, even though we didn't necessarily teach it to them. And they watched Deb you know cook and clean and take care of the house and this kind of stuff. And so. I think we set examples for him. I just don't think we had like a training regime, but and yeah. maybe we're just lucky. I don't know. But um
2: I think the same thing with us too, because they've always seen my husband work because all three of my kids work hard. They don't ask for, they don't say, you know, Hey, can you support us? They work hard. And my middle son, uh, he still to this day will say to me, like my husband at one point in our lives didn't make a whole lot of money. And, but I was able to make sure the bills were paid. Go on, We still went on vacation because I used coupons and I got deals. And, you know, I, I knew how to make a dollar stretch. And Shane would say to me, he goes, how did we go to Disney? How did we go to do these things? I said, because I'm good with money. Mm-hmm. And he is the only one of my kids who picked that up. The other two just spend money like it's nothing. But mm-hmm. he understands that you need to save. You need to... Save money for the future. You need to save money if you want to buy a new car. You need to save money if you want to go to Disney or go on some sort of vacation. So he's really good, and he has a house too. It's actually we were talking the other day. It's two years this month, which I can't believe uh, that he's had his house. But you know, he he lives alone too. He has his own house. He takes care of it. He does all his own cooking, and you
0: know, like you said, Mike, they all work hard and they take care of themselves. It may be a generational thing or just a just a timing thing, but we're actually hunkering down and preparing like the the way that we see the future includes our kids living at home as long as possible. Like actually, you know, maybe trying to sell both our house and the mother-in-law's house and get one bigger house and have everybody live together. It's just times are just really tight right now. And it just seems like what are we going to do? I can't imagine people living on their own right now. Well, Maybe maybe it'll take a couple of years, but I just I don't see that in our future. I don't see that might be able to be. Financially uh, independent enough to do that. That
2: might be a good thing for your particular need because that gives you and your husband the opportunity to maybe go out some evenings, but your kids are home with their grandmother yeah. and your grand and yeah. you know grandma's got some companionship. And mm-hmm. if you and yeah. you know if you and Nate are both working late, she could mm-hmm. start dinner. So that's kind like of win win for
0: everybody. That's what we're thinking. We're we're just thinking about like how to broach the topic and and you know what to even do, but. Yeah, we could we tell the kids, like, I don't know, things are just different. Like, when I was growing up, it was like, okay, you're 18, get out. Either, you know, get married or get your own apartment or, you know, get out. And, of course, I got out sooner than that. Well. Like, I couldn't wait to get out. But I, that was, like, such a huge mistake. Like, there were times when I wished I would have stayed home longer. And later, when I got older and when I went to college, I was given the opportunity to stay home. And, you know, there was a boyfriend in the picture and stuff like that. And I just think, oh, man, I was an idiot. I could have saved all that money, you know. Yeah. So we, I, I want to offer we know that that Right. yeah we know that now and I, I want to offer it to the kids I don't want to be like all right, get out <laughs> I
1: just well't we push our We didn't though.
0: push our kids out.
2: Um, they Shane didn't leave until he got a job in North Carolina. Mm. His mm-hmm. plan was to get a job around here, live mm-hmm. at home and then once he saved up enough money from mm-hmm. the job, then he would buy a house. but unfortunately he couldn't get a job around here. there were no teaching jobs and he yeah. had to go to North
0: Carolina to get a job. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, something to consider too. Is just opportunities and and where they are. They may not be at home.
1: Well, and like with uh, our oldest son when he graduated, we uh, with his uh, special ed teacher, we sat down. We all kind of agreed the best thing for him to do. Would be to move him out of the house. Now this is a small community here. There's 1,200 people, and so there was a uh, apartment building in town here that we moved him to, and he had his SSI money to support him, um, and then he had a a, a part time job too. But our goal was to move him out and make him self sufficient because we were afraid the longer he stayed at home, the more dependent we would be. And there's just like,
0: well, you probably did him a favor, but yeah,
1: and there's, oh yeah, and some people said, well, why didn't you let him wait a while? I think we did get some flack because I think I heard from some people what. You couldn't wait to kick him out of the house. Aww, no.
2: that's, that's none you, of their no. business. That's no, a it's family not. decision. Sure. So, and so there was parent shaming back then, too? Yeah, but see, uh, you know your son yeah. better than anybody, you yep. and your wife, yeah. and you know what he is and isn't capable of, of handling. Right. And mm-hmm. if you didn't feel that he was ready to be on his own, you wouldn't have put him in the apartment.
1: No, and mm-hmm. and our goal That's was a hard uh, thing to do too. Well, yeah, because when we the, when we first moved him into the apartment, we thought, well, he could spend the days there and come back and stay at night here because we were because he does have you know uh, uh, seizures from time to time. We were kind of concerned about that, but he said, no, I'm just going to stay here. So we went, okay, so the first couple of weeks where you were biting our nails and you know every little while calling him up, you okay? But eventually,
0: oh, that had to be hard. Yeah, yeah, it
1: was, and I mean, we were uh, worried, but you know, eventually. Uh, you know there was missteps and there was a few problems but it you know we've got it to work out and then the other thing we did he stayed you know in clark here for two years but then we also thought it'd be better to move him to watertown which is about half hour away which is uh what twelve thousand people it's a bigger city but we figured more opportunities for him there more things Mm -hmm. for him to do because it's a small town like this there's not a lot for him to do and he does uh you know make use of things there they have uh uh transit bus there that he can use he does have he's gotten some money through a program so he has some money to pay people to take him to he likes coming here to uh sports sporting events basketball games and uh and such and so he has some money to uh, uh to do things like that so he's become you know independent and take and can take care of himself but we we figured it would be better for him to go to uh to Watertown because there's more opportunities for him to uh, do things there. And he's got a network of people there that support him. He's uh, uh, really, you know, into his church. And so there's a lot of people there that will help him and take care of him, support him. He used to have a newspaper uh, uh, route. And when the weather was really cold or the, it was raining, there was a few people that would take him around to help him uh, deliver his paper. So, you know, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's not like we had a, a clear plan going forward. I mean we had the ideas that we wanted to do but you know we just just kind of did this stuff and you know I I don't I try not to break my arm patting ourselves on the back but I think we did okay I mean they're they're productive they uh, all of them are productive they take care of themselves you know they're independent they don't uh, depend on people you know uh, too much so and that's one of those things I don't know I mean I I can't write a book to tell anybody how to do it it's just one of those things you kind of have to have the right mindset Going forward, mm. and hope that they get it and process it in a did way you, that
2: and you teach them as in? teach them to be responsible,
1: yeah.
0: right? Uh, did and you have him check in at all, or was there, um, you know, gave him a, a i this is a little bit generational thing too, but I don't take it he had like a cell phone, or
1: he does this, he has a he cell ha- phone now, I uh, mean, when he first started out.
0: Yeah, like how oh. did you? Uh just how, a you manage phone. that distance? Okay, did oh. you, did he check in with you regularly, like right. phone calls, stuff like that?
1: Yeah, stuff like that, and you know, but at some point, when we realized that you know we s- see that things were going fairly well, we still you know would check in on them, uh, but otherwise, yeah, we. Um, Once we felt comfortable that things, especially when they finally got his medication balanced out, right, because I don't think he's had a seizure in a while, um, you know, we just felt more secure about things. And at some point, you know, you just kind of have to put your trust, you know, in that things will go well, uh, you know, higher, higher power, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just trust in things. And you, you keep an mm-hmm. eye out. You ask him questions once in a while. Make sure there's, if there, you know, it seems like something's going on. We would, you know, talk to him or deal with things. But, uh, you know, otherwise it's not too bad. But it's just at some point you just kind of have to back off and let them uh, do their thing. I
0: don't think I'm ready for that for a while. Well, it yeah. sounds
2: a lot like a good friend of mine, her son is Asperger. Uh, In fact, he'll be 40 or 41 in next month. I can't believe it already. He's he's that age already. But when they still lived up here, he had his own apartment. And he came and, you know, he just came and went. He knew how to take the bus to the mall. He loved the Apple Store. Everyone at the Apple Store knew him. He would go in and spend hours playing on the computers and talking to the salespeople when they weren't with customers. He'd go to the movies because there was a theater there. Um, I got a
0: job there. (laughs)
2: Yeah, you know, he, he, he's not able to work. That's one mm-hmm. of the problems, but he is definitely high functioning. Um, when the parents would go out of town, I would be his check-in. So I would call him every day and say, you know, how you doing, anything going on? And he's like, "Alisa, well, can you bring me to the mall? So I'd pick him up, I'd bring him to Aww. the mall. Then I'd pick him back up again. And you know, we would go back and forth like that. Then when, um, her husband got transferred to Florida. They all went down. He lives with them because they have a huge house. So he lives with them. But once he got back down to Florida, he got his driver's license. Mm. Uh, so he's driving. He's in college. Now, he's taking a culinary degree. So is he going to get a job? I don't know. But every time I see him, I'll go, hey, you know, maybe you're going to get a job at Disney because I don't live too far from Disney. Because mm. maybe you'll get a job at Disney. He goes, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. And he's always posting on Facebook. This is what I made in class today. Uh-huh. and. And like you, Mike, he's very much into his church. Mm -hmm. So he's still, he is still, uh, he'll still come up here for their Armenian festival. They're not Armenian, they're Italian, they're Italian Catholics, but he feels like he's Armenian. So he goes to the Armenian church. They adopted him, basically. They love him. And then he joined the Armenian church down in Florida. So. They, you know, the 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 members of the church take care of him. They keep an eye on him. They'll drive him places if they have to. So it's kind of like with Eric, the same idea, where they are letting him do his own thing,
0: but the parents are there just in case. Well, it sounds like there's a good network, and that's what I think is kind of missing from our lives. We just don't have that kind of network, and I think it's just because. I moved so far away from my family, so they're, like, just t- distance-wise, logistically, it doesn't work out. And I think because my husband's family moved around so much because of his dad's job, they are very, like, nuclear, so there isn't there isn't much networking. There's There's just kind of, like, this little, like, bubble. And I'm trying to sort of branch out, but it's taking – it's just taking a while.
1: Well. I guess I'm just
0: frustrated with that. I need yeah. a bigger network. I, I need to cast a wider net, I guess.
1: And uh, you see, I'm at the exact opposite here because I always make the joke that I think I am literally literally related to half of the town because, you know, Midwestern <laughs> town like this, um, you have a few key families here, and so roots run deep. Um, but when he moved to Watertown, there was some, you know, family there. But the one thing, the apartment building he lives in, they, they do look out for one another. They do take care. And they have some things. They have, like, uh, they go out... For uh, pizza parties, they arrange those things once in a while, uh, movie nights. I don't know if he partakes in all that stuff, but they do foster a sense of community there within Good. that, uh, that Just, building. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: that's what's missing. I think that's what, what I need more of in my life because I, I think I would probably let the kids – I mean, they're still pretty little. I mean, they're still not yet teenagers, although that's going to change this summer. I will have a newly minted 13-year-old. But I guess that's why it's on my mind as I'm thinking about that stuff. Like, we need to get these kids out, you know? I, we have um, occasionally. That's that was the push for for the whole backyard thing because of the, the we're trying to plan a party this summer. <laughs> my my kiddo, like you know, we kind of use his birthday as an excuse to to have a party, but it's still nonetheless his birthday, so we want to celebrate it. But that's a good time, you know, good reason to get everybody together. Um, but it's it's just you know either people are going to go away for the summer, so we're going to try to see who we can corral but that's just it it's like i want i want the kids to be able to get out more and, and go do things and i guess i'm envious of the people who do occasionally bring their kids over here and there's been a, a few where i don't know i think maybe i was just raised differently and I'm, I'm almost a decade older than a lot of the moms around here so i'm a little bit of an older parent but they will bring their kids over and then just want to drop them off and i'm like well i want you to stay <laughs> like i want to get to know parents i want to get right. to, i want to build that network i want to get to know people and make friends with people, I mean, it's 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 hard. It's really hard. It's lovely that you trust me and and think that, you know, it's great that you can just drop your kid off with me. But but by the same token, like, I want to get to know you. I don't want you to just drop your kid off. And I, I'm having a hard time trying to, like, you know, make that known that, hey. That's uh, what
2: they do, though. It seems at least why? around here. That me but nuts. I think I around here, what kids off. like, I would go in and I would talk to the parents for a few minutes. But it was kind of known, like, okay, you can leave now. Goodbye. And it just yeah. seems like around here, it's like I don't live in a – how do I put this? I live in a neighborhood, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I kind of like live in like in the middle of retail. Okay. And there's 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 like a lot of houses, but there's a lot of everybody keeps to themselves. I don't live in a family neighborhood.
0: Yeah. Where there's cul de
2: sacs and things like that. Yeah. And this is very those, suburban
0: here, but everybody keeps to themselves. That's,
2: yeah. That's the way it is here. And mm-hmm. I found like when my kids were in school, the people that that were that the kids where their parents who were friends with each other and their parents were friends with each other was because they all lived in the same neighborhood Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or they were heavily into soccer or baseball or football or something and then the parents were all involved so because I know I was always when I went to my kids sporting events I would always like be off by myself Uh and part of it part of it was me and part of it was them you know because part of it was they um they all like Grew up together, kind of a thing, and part yeah, of it was me. Kind of but because I don't, I don't like clicks, mm-hmm. and I don't push myself into situations. Mm-hmm. And if nobody comes to me, then I just stay by myself. Because believe, believe it or not, I'm introvert. I'm an introvert. Believe it or not,
1: I'm I'm introverted, <laughs> and I'm kind of like
2: I'm a homebody. Just leave me alone, and I'll just do my own thing. And
1: mm-hmm. well, and see, I was I've, kind, I've kind of uh, on a I kind of, was kind of an introvert by, not by choice, but by circumstances, really, because um, I, I've mentioned it here before. There's uh, 14 years between me and my next oldest sibling, and there's mm-hmm. uh, between me and the oldest one, there's like 22. Uh, 21 years dif- age difference so You're basically practically
0: an only child huh? yeah well my mm. joke
1: was i was the only child in a family of five or family of seven if you count mm-hmm. the parents however mm-hmm. you want to call it uh mm-hmm. so i kind of grew up alone on a farm there wasn't a lot of neighbor kids around so i had to mm-hmm. learn to be self-sufficient so i was kind of like an introvert by circumstance mm-hmm. but when i do get around people there are times my wife tells me shut the hell up Uh, (laughs) once you get to know somebody once you get
2: like that, that's me once I get to know somebody it's like you know it just doesn't stop but I'm not I'm the kind of person where like if either one of you invited me to your house for a party and I only knew you know you I would say no I wouldn't go because I understand that if you're having a party you can't spend all your time with me that you have other guests and that you need to talk to everybody and I'm not the kind of person to walk up and say Hi, my name is Elisa. I'm a friend of Melissa's, you know, mm-hmm. and you are, and because some people will will be like, oh, hi, my name is Mary, da da da, and you start, con- you know, talking, and other people are like, well, who the hell are you? You know, I don't want to talk to you. I don't yeah, already I know love you.
0: To, I actually love to host parties. Like I love to organize parties. I like, I guess, I just like organizing and getting people together. But I guess I have this mindset, like, okay, here you go. Now everybody go talk. Leave me the hell alone. <laughs> like, let me just go cut these uh, onions up, or let me just you know go make this food, or something like that, or let me just go do this thing. But then I realize, like, once I'm in the thick of it, like, oh yeah, I'm the host. I guess I got to go talk <laughs> to people, and and then you know it's fun for a little while until it's not, and then it's just draining, and then I'm like dead the rest of the day. Well, see,
2: I'd be fine if you said. Um, Hey, you want to come to lunch? I'm bringing two of my girlfriends. I think the two. I think all of you would hit it off great. That mm-hmm. I would do because it's a small enough group, small, yeah. and mm-hmm. we're all going to be focused on each other at a table in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing else to distract us. So that I would be okay. But if you said, "Come on over," there's going to be 30 people. I mean, I got to the point where a lot of my friends would have, you know. I don't think people do this anymore, but they would have candle parties and jewelry parties. Yeah. No, they and still would, do that. <laughs> and I would just say, stop inviting I don't go me. to them,
0: but they I still would do always that. say
2: no, because I was so uncomfortable. So yeah. one of my friends, she had him all the time. So one day she calls me and she goes, I just want to let you know I'm having a candle party and I didn't invite you. And I said, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
0: Well, and just- no, I think I learned that that's a rite of passage. Like, I don't know. I don't know a woman in any of my social circles that has not been through that phase, like where you have to go to those parties and stuff. And now I'm finally out of that. <laughs> I've been able to, to weasel my way just uh, out of that. And I know how to say no. But the problem is the kids. Like I'm trying to, uh, I'm the birthday party organizer mom. And that's the thing that gets me is like at school, I even tried joining the PTO and trying to ask people, you know, hey, let's have a sign-up list. Like, you know, everybody, you know, put your name and your number, or your email address, and let's, like, try to get in touch. And there were people that just weren't having it. Like, They just do not want to share their information. And I'm like, oh, how are we supposed to get to know each other? Like, how are we supposed to build a community if people aren't willing to do that? Oh. So that's where I wanted to bring us into, like, the the technology, the the geeky kind of yeah. mindset is about, Security, You know, I can. I think it's just uh, I don't trust anything. I, I don't feel secure a lot of times. And so I'm always looking for ways to protect either my privacy or other people's privacy. I get kind of paralyzed with choice at times when, like, say we do have a party or say we do go like on a school field trip or some event where there's kids around. And then I think to myself, oh, gosh, we're having fun. Look at all these kids. I want to make these memories. I want to take pictures. And then I have to stop and say, oh, I could take pictures. But then how am I going to share them with people? <laughs> you know, even well. just my son's drama group. I, I asked in the – they have a group chat. And that was kind of nice because it's a nice small group. It was maybe about like eight kids or something and then a few of their parents. And even that was uh, like one parent was saying – I guess one parent didn't understand how group chat – or I should say it's it's a texting group. Didn't understand how that works. And they were like, please take me off this list. And we're like, "Uh, we can't do that. You have to do that yourself. And, you know, they were getting texts and didn't like it. And like, well – so you know, there's just all these just ways of communicating, but no one way seems to fit, and somebody's always going to be either left out or pissed off, or someone's feeling that their privacy privacy is being violated. Like, how do you responsibly share and and communicate with people while still respecting everybody's space and everybody's privacy? Oh, it's like we didn't have this shit when I was a kid. Just like you guys were describing, we had this people network, we had this community, we had the neighborhood, we had. We had people looking out for each other, calling and checking in and doing favors for each other. And I just feel like that's kind of missing. And I don't know if it's like you said, Mike, I don't know if it's circumstance. It's just because well, of where I live. I don't I, know, but it's it's missing. I, just I don't just like, like it. I'm not happy about it.
1: I was going to say it's kind of regional because you uh, two are from bigger areas, bigger cities or bigger communities. And like you say, I'm out here. And so my perspective is different, I think, than you guys because, I, like I say, I grew up in a on a, a farm with literally related to most of the people around me. And even in town here, um, you know, so it's… Uh, it, Everybody
0: knows it's everybody's business. Yeah, like real,
1: really, yeah. Try having uh, a secret in a small town. Good luck with that.
0: I um, love land- because you
2: said twelve hundred people, our yes. high school has more than twelve hundred students. Oh right. my God! Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: where I live uh-huh.
0: is hundred thousand people. Yeah. So
1: try having, yeah. you know, try having a fair in town here. People are going to figure it out pretty <laughs> damn quick.
0: So, would you say that you're kind of used to just not having privacy?
1: Sort of. I mean, uh, like I say, it's. Uh, you can look out your windows. You can see everybody. Uh, you know what they're doing, and you can kind of figure out by putting two and two together. You see them around town. You know, uh, let's say you see somebody shopping, and oh, you know, you're buying, you know, stuff. Oh, are you going to have a baby? You know, you can can kind of yeah, you're buying
0: (laughs) diapers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, or, you seen, don't need an algorithm, you don't need virtual yeah, reality. No. It's already different yeah. mean, watch TV or movies and they, they
2: take place in a small town. And like Mike said, everybody knows everybody's business. Yeah. You know, if, mm-hmm. if someone didn't make it to church, and you know, get the whole town knows Mr. Jones didn't make it to church today. Ooh, I wonder what's wrong. He must be sick. Let's go find out.
1: Basically, it, it's, it's I, almost I it's almost like, like they build their responsibility.
2: To well, know everybody's
1: business. Well, let's put yeah. it this way: a few years uh, when they first initiated the HIPAA laws, uh, small town clinic people are going, uh, "Well, I see something. Uh, uh, so and so, you know, uh, are they having a problem?" Well, w- we can't tell you because you know HIPAA laws, you know, privacy, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And so a lot of people kind of went, you know, they they figured it out, but it's still kind of like, really, you know, it, it took a That's while. It's none to of to your know, just-
2: business. Anyway way anyway, if right. they see you walking out of a of a doctor's office it could be your well checkup. Yeah, but they make it maybe. their
0: business. Because you could have had a sore throat.
2: You know, right. you could have been getting a prescription refilled. It's none of their business what you why you were at the doctor. But that's, it's that's between you. You know, you, your doctor, and your wife. That, so that's, that's what I'm trying to tease out towns, of here though.
0: in a in a technology uh, perspective. Because and, and I'll I'll tell you what I'm getting out here is um, I wanted to talk about security and I guess basically security attitudes or attitudes towards security because you know I go to a lot of houses. I'm out in the field working lots of different people so i see lots of different things i see some people who are really paranoid and some people who just maybe read some articles and so they have tape over the webcam i see other people who get incensed when you try to tell them that they need to protect things with passwords or you know oh the the attitude is well i don't have anything to hide well you know i don't need that or you know that's just too much of a nuisance it's it's too much of an inconvenience and i have to wonder if a lot of those attitudes towards security or there say there's you know people who are really incensed by Seeing ads or people who believe that, and, and I don't know, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm just putting it out there one way or another. I don't know yet what I believe. But I think there is some clout to people who believe that, say, for example, Facebook is when you have the Facebook app installed on your phone, that it may very well be listening to you, that it may very well be tracking what you're saying. Uh, let alone what you're what you're googling on other sites and stuff. There are people who are very anti Google, very anti Facebook. We know people, um, but I it's even gotten to me. Like I won't even put the Facebook app on my phone anymore, just because I think, well, what if? Or, I mean, first it was because of the bloat. I didn't like how much space it was taking up, and you know, I, I all everybody knows I like to live lean. And it's just a a big chunk of the hard drive that I didn't feel like I needed to devote to that. So I use the the web uh, UI. But even that I don't use as much because I think that the trust has been deteriorating. I can't exactly get rid of it because a lot of my friends and family are on there and it's one of the only ways that we talk to each other. And how sad is that? I mean, that we can't call each other and we can't text each other, but we don't. I mean, we live time zones away. It really is too difficult. There's too many of them. There's just so many cousins and not everybody... Everybody well. says, well, how do they have time for Facebook? Well, because that's like quick. And then, you know, a lot of them aren't even using Facebook. They're using Instagram, which ends up on their Facebook. And people don't understand, well, how do they have the time to do that? Well, it's in your pocket. You know, you're standing in line at the grocery store and stuff like that. People can make time for that. But to try to make time for a phone call when you have little kids and it's like, you know, Johnny, get down from there to stop at Jenny, blah, blah, blah. and you're constantly getting interrupted. No, hell no. I'm not going to sit there and talk on the phone. I hate talking on the phone. So no, we don't call each other. We do rely on social networks to be able to take care of that that need because everybody is so spread out. But uh, I have to wonder if these small town attitudes or large town attitudes or, you know, places from the environment that you grew up in, I think that that is what shapes your attitude towards technology, towards surveillance, towards privacy. So like you described, Mike, I mean, yeah. you could see somebody walking out of a store who just bought diapers and you you have one of two guesses, either they're pregnant or somebody sure. else is pregnant. Right. You know, whereas this, like there's people that's the same thing. There's really not much difference than people going on a website and going shopping and a cookie getting installed from their web browser. And then next thing you know, you're getting Facebook ads, and then next thing you know, people are like, Are you pregnant? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it's then it's it's a natural organic algorithm. That's people-based in a small town like yours, whereas what we're used to dealing with nowadays, widespread, is a technological, a, a technology algorithm. If you're from a small town, you don't think that that's creepy, but when you're surfing a website and you get an ad for something that you were just talking about never mind searching for it, but you were talking about it and it shows up in your feed. That's fucking creepy. (laughs) How do we
1: determine what's creepy? Yeah. That's a little unnerving. And like I say, now you know, you were talking about security. Now, Uh, I I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle, um, sort of. I mean, I do have passwords. I do take that part of security seriously. But, you know, then we also have, you know, our friend Kevin, who just refuses to be on Facebook because, Mm -hmm. you know, how uh, for lack of privacy and stuff. And the privacy part for me, again, you know, part of it, well, I think, you know, again, uh, you know, I guess it's kind of a small town to. Part of it is, yeah, lack of privacy. But, you know, we also, you know, we went to church every Sunday and we know God's going to judge us. So, you know, I'm more worried about what he thinks than what, you know, Facebook thinks or whatever. Um, but, um, so, you know...
0: So you're okay with sharing stuff? Like, you're com- yeah. comfortable with that? Whereas, like, yeah. like I'm just going to use you and Kevin as an example because sure. you're kind of polar opposites when it yeah. comes to that. I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, I... I used to – not that I used to make fun of Kevin. We always make fun of Kevin. Sure. (laughs) But I was – I always thought that his view on not having Facebook was was a little on the radical side. But I always respected it, and I still do. But I am leaning more towards that. I've gone the way of, like, deleting the app. I mean, I still use the service, but I don't – I am – more like Kevin than less like Kevin nowadays, because I don't even like having the app on my phone. I do feel like it is a bit of an invasion of privacy. I do feel like, okay, well, privacy is what you make it. You know, if you're going to be putting all that stuff out there, people would would whine and piss and moan about, oh, Facebook knows everything about you. Well, it knows that because you told it. (laughs) You gave it the information. You know, there's a difference between consent, informed consent, and them taking stuff from you. However, okay, so that was always my beef with it. Like, okay, I know what I'm putting on Facebook and I've made the active choice to share that information, but now I'm not necessarily rescinding it because you can't take it back once it's put out there, but now I just share less. But now I also look at like, OK, well, I've chosen to share less, but I don't like the things that they have done where like they said that they were only going to use your cell phone number for you know, these purposes and they lied about it. And that pisses right. me off. Well, so that's cert- where I take issue with it, and that's why I don't keep the app installed anymore for well, right there, now.
1: There are certain things never, well, I never – I think I had to use Spotify. first. Spotify, I had to use Facebook to sign in because I think at that point that was the only way you could do it when I first signed See, up. and
0: that – yeah, that yeah. pisses me off. That anything, you should always be able to sign up with an email address.
1: Right, and anything else, if it offers you know to sign in with Google or Facebook and you have – but you can do it with email, I will do it with email. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am also a little – I'm a little radical there, but but because if Facebook gets hacked, you know, then they can get right. uh, access exactly. to this other stuff. So I'm not completely stupid here, but like I say, I'm not uh, uh, completely. But paranoid. see there's so
0: many people that don't understand or don't care, and those are the questions that I'm asking. Why don't they understand? Why don't why don't they understand that they have a choice? Why do they just pick Facebook or they just pick Google? to sign into things why because it's easy sure why do those people who do that choose the easier route why do they choose convenience over security
2: those, it's those are always, thing, it's one less thing to think
0: about right i know right. And, and plus
2: and that's, like like you said mike you had the option of signing into spotify with your google account well if you sign in with your email then you have to come up with another password yes if you only right. you know so if your google password is dog now I have to go. Oh, now I got to move on. Cat. Now I got to remember dog and cat as my password. Right. No, it's
0: just easier to remember cat. dog. You know, it's just, so it's. Yeah. Well, I know people who do that. They just use the word the the service word as part of their password. They just keep using the same password. But they just put, no. you know, if, it, if the password's dog, it's Facebook dog. It's if the password's dog, it's Google dog. Like you know, what I'm saying they just sure. they don't that. But that's that's what I'm trying to get at is what informs that attitude towards. Well, it's just one more thing to worry about, and I just don't care. Whereas people like me or like people like Kevin who like, no, we really do care very much. So much to the point where we don't even want to use the service. Or like, I know Kevin will get disgusted with it. I get disgusted with it now, if Facebook or Google is like the only choice. And I think to myself, as, as towards that developer of that service or that app, I think you're an idiot. You did not think this, this thing through. Right. You're alienating a whole bunch of people mm. who might want to use the app or want to use the service, but we don't want to use it with Facebook. We don't want right. to attach it to social media. So then that's going to give me an informed decision and I'm not going to use that product. I mean, that's yep. driving decisions for people like us.
2: And Facebook too, you have to lock it down as far as public and private um, you know, who can see your profile? Cause mine is locked down. You can yeah, find me, yeah. but that's all you're going to do is you're, you're not going to see all my posts. You're not going to see my pictures, except right. for profile pictures. Though I have to tell you with pictures, as far as that's concerned, and this is a big issue I have with Facebook. Um, and I, you post a picture. I mm-hmm. like that picture. I can download it and you right. have no say in the matter. Yep. And. Now, when I do that, I do it for good because I do it because I I use it for genealogy. Mm -hmm. And I also use it for, say, um, like when my niece got married, I wanted to do a uh, picture book for it, but I didn't have enough pictures. So some of her friends posted pictures on her page of the wedding, and I was able to take those pictures and download them. And then I was able to put them in the book.
0: Right. Your intent is good, but you still don't have consent.
2: Right, exactly. And I would totally get it if it was like, nope, can't have it. And then I would just put a e-builder and said, hey, can you send me those pictures? I want, you know, I need them for something. And I totally get it if I couldn't do it. But there's nothing. I go through all the settings and there is no setting that says, no, you cannot look at, you know, no, you cannot download this picture. Now, obviously you can screenshot it. I can't do anything right. about that. but. Right.
0: I think that's why be- they got rid of it. Because there was a long time ago. Because I, used, you know, I do this for a living. There was a time when you could uh, specify that you didn't want your pictures to be downloaded. However, you could not a control people screenshotting it. Right. Or b other people's pictures of you can untag yourself right. but there's there's limits i mean there's really there's only so much you can do aside from just not even and and then there's like like i have a family member who is very anti-tech and they are very they're not like in the cia or anything like that not that i know of maybe maybe that's what <laughs> it is but but they're very very much for them and their children they are very anti-digital footprint they they pride themselves on not, and i respect this but they pride themselves on Not having a digital footprint for themselves or their family and so because I know that when I see other family members who have been with them and have taken pictures of their children or them and posted them on Facebook, I think, oh, shit, if so-and-so finds out that they're on there, they're going to be really upset. Well, I'm not going to say anything. Well, that's responsibility
2: to tell mm-hmm. people, oh, listen, if you're on Facebook or Instagram or something, I would appreciate it if you do not post well, pictures. they
0: do, but there's other people who just don't care. Again, it goes back to this attitude well, towards technology, this attitude towards security and other people's consent. Some people just have an attitude where like, oh, well, you're just full of crap. And I don't respect it. I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want to do because it's too difficult. Because, like, let's say they took a really nice photo. It's too difficult. There's too, just like just like signing into an account. It's too difficult. It's too much trouble to come up with another secure password. Never mind, we have password managers. But what the hell is a password manager to the to people right. who have that attitude? But it's too difficult to take a picture of a group of people and then because of that one or two or seven people or whatever that are in that big group photo don't want to be like, they've made it clear that they do not want to be, you know, publicized or whatever, but they want to like, maybe say get in the picture It's too difficult to blur their faces out. Blur their faces out. out. Yeah. Well, yeah, easy for us. And I would totally do that. And I have done that. In fact, there have been some pictures a long time ago that I took at like a school event. See, for me, it's because of because of my stage in life. It always is kind of surrounded by, by school and there's always students involved. But there have been like cute little Halloween pictures where all the kids were dressed up. But I knew that I didn't have consent to take that picture of those kids. Never mind everybody's there snapping pictures and all the moms and dads have their cell phones out. But I don't know if I have consent to share it. I might have consent to take the picture. And nobody's like coming up to me and saying, you know, with their with their cell phone in their hand, please don't take a picture of my child. Like nobody's doing that. But there's there's still people that I know that do not for whatever reason. I mean, it could be that they're living in an abusive situation. They don't want their kids. I know that's that's definitely a factor. There's children who, you know, maybe they're running from a situation. They don't want their pictures out there because they're trying to hide from some bad family member or something like that. I mean, whatever it is, people have their reasons and we need to respect them. But that's been the case sometimes where it's like, oh, this is a really cute moment and I want to share it because my kid and maybe their friend, maybe a few kids that I do know that I have consent, but not these other kids. So I have gone to the trouble of blurring out other faces. I don't always like the way that it looks. So maybe I might use like a sticker of a of a, of a little sun or a smiley face or something to make it kind of cute, you know, to, to show that, I, hey, I'm respecting these people that I don't know or that maybe I do know and I know that I don't have their consent to share it. But Like, they're never going to find out. But what if they did, you know? So it's just something that I'm conscientious of. But other people are not. And I have to wonder what it is about their upbringing and their life experiences that formulates that attitude towards security. Like, why do some people put tape over their webcams and some people don't? You know, what is what is what is leading that decision to do that? Is it an informed decision? Is it just because it's trendy? Is it because somebody told them to do it but never really explained why? I mean, how much of it is really important? It's like I, my question to you guys. Do you tape your webcam? Do you no. guys cover your webcam?
2: No. 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 I think with a lot of people, they hear something in the media or, like you said, they'll hear a friend say, oh, did you hear that, you know, this camera was hacked by this and – Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. And they flip instead of researching and finding out, well, it didn't happen here. It happened in Africa, you know, or it happened on a certain type of computer or it happened for just a certain group of people who were in the business world. They just hear it and they flip without looking into it to see, could this happen to me
1: Mm -hmm. or, you know,
2: or am I the target group of this particular incident?
1: So. You see, my my wife and I kind of have this debate when it comes to uh, paper mail. Uh, we mm-hmm. will get stuff, and she's a, a shredder. She'll shred damn near everything. And my belief is, as long as it doesn't have you know like credit card numbers or any sort of information like that, if it's got my name and address on there, you can get that out of a damn phone book. Right? You that's can Google. Yeah, that. that's
0: publicly accessible. Well, see, yeah. I'm a shredder.
2: I'm a yeah, shredder I'm too. A shredder keep too. in mind, keep in mind, Mike. Right. I also do the you know the credit card thing credit card solicitations
1: mm-hmm. because those that has will.
2: yeah those yeah. get shredded because those have your name on it and then it will say call this 800 number all someone
0: has to do is grab that and yeah. go hi i'm mike mcpeak and oh, yeah. I, I, live, I live in an identity theft capital of the world and you guys know the story that i've told many times about our identity being stolen and that see so that there that life right. experience is what have sh- has shaped my attitude towards security. So although I'm not necessarily a webcam taper, um, I do dabble once in a while. Like I, I have been, like right now, I decided because we were talking about this, I decided to, and I it's weird, I actually have three webcams available because I have the cinema display that has a webcam in it. And then I have my external webcam that I have on top of that. And just out of convenience, I have it covering that, that webcam anyway so it's not like i have to cover it. the 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 external webcams are already covering it and i just have it closed just for the sake of like i don't want to keep you know having it run when it's not necessary but then there's my laptop webcam and i have a post it note over that just just for the sake of like you know do i feel like this is necessary like i guess i'm kind of like experimenting with myself cuz i was kind of anti covering the webcam cuz i always thought it was kind of silly like baseless, that sort of thing, like, oh, well, you know, if somebody's going to hack my webcam, the little green light will come in. And then I started to think, I don't know, hacking is getting like pretty sophisticated now, that what if there's something where they can override that and I'll never see the light come on? I don't know. You know, there's just like these little skepticism. Is it paranoia? Probably. Is it healthy dose of skepticism? Probably. Is it hurting anybody by covering my webcam? No. no. I just think it's very telling of people who – have their webcam covered, but they don't necessarily, like they haven't, like you said, at least I don't think that they've really done the research behind it or really thought about the, the, what, what needs to go into making that happen or why they would even be a target in the first place. The, again, it goes back to this attitude. Well, I don't have anything to hide. I'm not someone of interest. Why would I be a target? But there's also the thought of like, okay, well, you might not be a target, but your information is getting dumped you know, somewhere, somewhere along the line, you might not be a target now, but because I've been a a victim of identity theft, I know that even though we weren't necessarily a target, like for any specific reason, the person who, who did it, didn't just do it to us. It was like a five block radius. So he was just trying to get whatever he could get, but that doesn't necessarily mean that someone isn't looking for something to take your identity and utilize it for some way to impersonate. I just think that we should always be checking our credit reports as as whenever we can. But I, I just know people who just don't have a care in the world. <laughs> they just don't, they don't think about that. Maybe it's because they they have they can afford the lawyers, maybe they can afford all of the necessities that that need to take place in order to protect themselves in the first place or get their identity backwards. Like I've experienced it. Firsthand, where it took months, and you know, filing a police report, we were out without money for for two days before you know we could get anything, and it just took a matter of months to get all the pieces like put back together, and then you just feel so violated. I mean, you know, there's the emotional part of it too. I just know that I've experienced that firsthand, and so, like you mentioned, paper. I'm a shredder. I don't use paper checks. I'm very against that. Like I'm very suspicious of the mail. Because of how much mail theft I've seen and, and how much identity theft I've seen and how much I've experienced. So I am very security minded, maybe a borderlining paranoid, but I'd rather be than not. And then plus there's well, also like my job. People pay me to know about this kind of stuff. So I'm constantly researching it and stuff. So but like, I- for example, I ha- I'll just give you a quick story real quick. Um, there is uh, several of my clients now, and this is a little bit of a PSA, have lost their iPads. Because their cleaning lady accidentally threw it out in the recycling <laughs> oh. or they themselves have picked up a pile of stuff in their oh. iPad because they're so thin <laughs> has been in there. I I, I literally did this. I, I just recently went on a house call and one of the issues that I was there to help them with was they couldn't find their iPad. Luckily, the battery was still charged enough and we were pinging it with find my iPhone And it was in the recycling bin. (laughs) Luckily, it hadn't been taken out yet, but that's where we found it. And this is just like, I mean, this has happened several times, like a handful of times, just with me alone. Can you imagine how many times it happens elsewhere? And so I had another client and their stipulation was they did not want the client's iPad to be locked with a passcode. And I said, okay, I understand. I understand that. I understand how it adds a level of complexity, but I think you really need to weigh the, the ease of use, the convenience against the security here simply because it's so easy to throw these things out. It's just so easy for them to go missing. And if it, if it was a computer that I knew, like, say it was a big, huge iMac, you know, or something that I knew was going to be stationary that was never going to leave the house, you know, never mind you know, workers and cleaning people coming in and stuff like that. That's another, another story. But if I knew it was a device that was stationary, then I might relax the security a little bit. But knowing that something could be picked up and end up in the wrong hands of somebody is is a security issue that I take very seriously. And so I'm going to highly recommend that you use a passcode. And that's that's the case that I'm going to fight against because it could always disappear and end up in the wrong hands. And then then their argument is, well, I have nothing to hide. I'm like, yeah, maybe you don't. But I'm looking here and I'm, I'm seeing that you've got everybody else's contacts. You've got emails. You've got letters. People are sending you financial stuff. It may not be your stuff that you have to hide or protect. They they use the word hide. I, I'm going to use the word protect. But it's other people. You're you're conversing and you're communicating with other and you're networking with other people and you have their information. You have to think about their privacy as well. It's not just mm-hmm. it's not just a you thing, you know. So, well, so let them know. Let, let them know what happened
2: to Shane when his uh, laptop was stolen. He had it locked. Uh-huh. So the person who took it couldn't get into it. When the person who took it tried to pawn it, and he couldn't unlock it, right? He couldn't pawn it. Lock so on. the same thing would happen with an iPad if it's locked, yeah. and you know you try yeah. to pawn it or sell it, and you can't unlock it.
0: That's a done deal. Well, well, that did happen to us, and so that's the story that I do use. Is the the other story I've told before about about my husband having a phone stolen twice. Two different phones, twice he's had it stolen. Once he was changing the kid's diaper, this is when they were really little, at, at a park bathroom, and some kid saw it resting on the sink. Now, you know, partly that is my husband's fault for just leaving it set there. I get he's a little bit too trusting. Now he's not. He had to learn that lesson the hard way. But it, it's, it sucks that we live in, in the kind of world where you can't leave your cell phone out. You just can't set it down somewhere and and think that it's just going to remain there. Somebody's going to walk off with it. Now, maybe not so more, much more anymore because they're bricked. Like you said, you know, they can't use it. It's it's basically useless to them. So maybe that's driving down that type of theft. But back then, it didn't. And so uh, that phone had been stolen. I got it back within 24 hours because I used Find My iPhone. The second time, it was a, a kid in a classroom who stole his phone. And, you know, it's just innocent enough. My husband was using the timer on his iPhone. He was actually using it as a tool to do a lab and he set it down because he was waiting for the timer to go off because he was doing something and a kid picked it up and swiped it (sighs) and that went missing for six months but I still got it back even after it changed the hands like I was texting with middle schoolers over that (laughs) but I got it back after six months because I kept pinging it I kept pinging it and kids were just, because they're little kids and, like, that's what they do, they were just, it was just the novelty of stealing something. That's all that mattered. They weren't after his data or his pictures. But just like you said, Elisa, because it was locked, because it because we had a passcode on it, because we had activation lock on it, because I was able to wipe it remotely, like, put it in locked mode and then wipe it remotely, it was basically useless in the hands of a kid. And so the only reason we got it back was now I don't know if other people would do this and this isn't something that I'm that I'm endorsing but we did cuz I I wanted the satisfaction of getting it back we did we were extorted basically so somebody saw the opportunity I, I I said I'm offering a reward and so they said what's the reward and you know and I said I didn't answer the question and someone said oh well my kid paid $50 for this. It was a 4S back then. So was it worth that much? No. But I paid it because, and it was extortion, and I paid the extortion money because I, I think it was worth it for that, that experience to find out exactly what happened to the phone. And so when I did get it back, I inspected it, and there was no damage, not even a cracked screen. Someone had even put a different case on it. We lost the little otter box that it was in. No big deal. But somebody actually put a different case on it, and it was completely wiped. There was nothing on it because it had activation lock on it. and But see, I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't gotten the phone back and was actually, you know, had the opportunity to inspect that. And I was able to log back into it with my husband's password. And we were able to get all the data back and nothing was ever compromised throughout that but whole entire was experience. was it the parent that charged you $50? I am not sure if it was a mother or a girlfriend. It was, it's hard to tell. I think she said it was her son. I think she said... This is this is the story that I got that the that the son uh, had a friend who was selling this phone because they had medical bills and the kid it pulled on the kid's heartstrings and the kid wanted an iPhone. So he bought it off of the kid, not knowing that it was hot. And so the mother found out that the kid had spent the money on it. And, you know, it was upset, obviously. And she said she tried to she she told me what she did. She told me that she tried to reboot it and tried to connect it to iTunes. And then that's when she saw my message that it had been lost. First, you know, I changed it over the course of six months. Like, I would keep sending out little messages like this phone has first I said, this phone has been stolen, you know, like I was kind of threatening because I was like upset. And then I had to change my tune, like this phone has been lost, you know, if you find it, please contact me. But I was contacted by three different kids, I could tell that they were kids based on the conversation that we were having. Um, But I, you know, kids would tell me the story, like, oh, it's in my, uh, because they had my number. And they were able to text me and uh, I thought about that later. I thought, oh, I should have used my Google voice number because like, you know, then they had my cell phone number. But I really wanted to have like easy access to it. Um, and they said, oh, it's in my cousin's gym bag, you know, and then like I wouldn't hear for a couple of weeks and then I, I would get something and say, hey, like one kid was really apologetic about it. Like, hey, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but it got stolen from my cousin. He doesn't have it anymore.
2: <laughs> I would have been I would have had the police figure all well, this
0: out. Yeah, well we did. So we did call both times we did file a police report like we called and they told us so the second the first time a policeman did intervene. Like we we did make an arrangement that we never met the kid who stole the first one. He handed it to a police officer. The police officer contacted us. We met at a 7-Eleven, literally. And this is the PSA part. I always recommend that people put a uh, picture of yourself or like your family on the front of it because, and I don't know if this would change anything, but at the time that meant that there was no paperwork because we had our family photo on the lock screen and he looked at it and he looked at us and he said, here you go. And that was it. That was, it was just a done deal. The second time around, We asked the police to get involved, but I don't know why, but for for whatever reason, they said that all they could do was mediate. All they could do was basically watch and make sure nothing shady was going to go down, but that was all that they were offering to do at the time. So and I guess I don't know, maybe it's because I don't know why, but I guess we agreed to meet at a casino for some reason, like outside the casino, like not inside the casino. But I like that was the central location where we did, had decided to meet. Who knows? I mean, I was probably being taken for a ride, but it was it was an adventure that I wanted to explore. And that's what we did. But we got it back. And, you know, I, I, I hate being extorted that way. And maybe other people might not want to pay that knowing that, you know, your phone is protected. But I really wanted to scratch that itch. I really wanted to find out what really happened to it. And I think it was. I think it was a mother and her son. And the kid just didn't know any better. And I said to her, I said, I think over text, I was like, you know, well, it's, it's locked, you know. And she said, oh, he was just taking pictures with it. Well, he couldn't really take any pictures with it because it was locked. But I think at the time... Because this was several years ago. I think at the time for the kid, for this, this middle schooler kid or you know young teenager, I think it was a status symbol. I think it's just the fact that he had an iPhone. The kids didn't know that he didn't have an unlocked iPhone. <laughs> they just knew that he had an iPhone and that he was able to take pictures with it. Because you know, when you take a picture, you can preview the picture in the, the camera roll. Right. But it doesn't save anything. It doesn't actually save the pictures. Like so when I got it back, like I didn't see any people's pictures on it or anything like that. I think because it was locked, I think it probably just took a preview, but then it just went nowhere because it wasn't signed into iCloud or anything like that. Like maybe maybe it ended up on the hard drive. I don't know why I ended up just wiping it and starting all over and changing the password anyway, just as a as a security precaution. But nothing was ever compromised. So, it's just, you know, it's just a matter of an attitude that I have based on those experiences of of, of having identity theft, of having things stolen from us, of of just, you know, growing up in a small – I did grow up, like, not in a small town, but I grew up in a small community. Like, my childhood was, like Mike was describing, where people looked out for each other. Everybody knew each other's business. And then, fast forward to my adult years, when I moved out here, now I'm out in, like, the Wild West, where it is not that way. (laughs) So... I guess my opinions and my attitudes about security have been formed based on feeling that, that notion of a secure network of people looking out for each other and then going somewhere away from that and being exposed and then having to say for yourself, okay, I don't have this, this backup anymore. I don't have this, like, safe, this safe harbor, the safety network of people looking out for each other anymore, so I'm going to have to create it on my own and I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to be really secure about it. And then also working with and going into different homes and working with different people who all come from all those different backgrounds and they all have those different, those different opinions and attitudes that have been formed by their either lack of knowledge, either they want to learn more about it because they have no knowledge or just based on their personal experience, their personal life experience of either getting hacked or not getting hacked and just never having any kind of sense of, well, what could go wrong? You know some people just have that attitude like I don't care about security they'll say or I don't want a password It's it's too hard. It's too much of an inconvenience I don't want to to deal with that and I have to sort of kind of do this dance with them And because it's their life. I'm there to inform them. I'm there to tell them these are your options This is what can happen. This is what can go wrong. Here's what happened to me. Here's how I fixed it I don't think you want to go through that so let's just button it up at, at this end here and just take care of it now before that happens. Or, you know, and they'll say, well, I don't have anything to hide. And then they will say, well, but there's other people that you're communicating with and, and they deserve your respect and they deserve to to be protected as well. So it, it, you know, it's just, it's just these different attitudes. And I just wanted to explore that with you guys and see, you know, where you, where you fell in that spectrum and, and what shapes your opinions and your attitudes towards security and and what well, kinds of brands you trust based on that
1: right and when it comes to like the the camera i figure well it's their eyeballs if they want to ruin them looking at me you know <laughs> more power to them i guess but yeah i guess you know and i i maybe if i've had would have had something like that happen but you know we take medium security measures uh you know uh passwords um uh, use a password manager, all unique passwords, uh, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, and like I say, I uh, unless there may have been a time or two that I've used like a Facebook login, where it was like something where I didn't really think there was they were going to get too much out of it. Like maybe uh, mm-hmm. I think I use like a Google sign in for my Quora uh, the where you ask questions because I don't think they're going to be able to get too much information, and I hardly use that one anyway uh so Mm -hmm. there's certain yeah there's
0: certain things yeah certain things have different levels of yeah of care
1: if it's (laughs) if it's something that's i'm not gonna have a lot of information in and i may not use too much and i at most the time yeah i will create a new password using my email and that kind of stuff but but there's been a time or two it's just like yeah i'll just use this because um I, I will, like I say, I will use it once in a while, but it's not for anything, you know, important. I'm sure anything that's going to contain any sort of financial information or, you know, too much personal information, uh, I will create a uh, uh, a sign-in for that. But uh, Yeah,
0: like something that's going to touch your money, like your Amazon.
1: Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah.
0: Anything uh, that has anything to do with purchasing yeah. is something that I think needs oh, yeah. to be really secured. Right. And, and two-factor authentication and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and that's the the difficult part is like I, I'm, in a, I w- I'm always put in this position of having to explain this to people because you ca- almost kind of can't not use uh, like like an Apple device. Now they strong arm you into it. You have to have 2FA. It's really hard to not have that. I just had an issue where um <clears throat> have to set up two-factor authentication, but the person didn't have a cell phone. You know, not everybody has a cell phone. And so I was like, well, is this even going to work with a landline? And well, I, I tested it out. So it does work with a landline. They will call you. Remember, we were talking about that, Elisa, mm-hmm. uh, about how, whether or not it would call and, and how it would be identified. Now, the phone number on the caller ID did not say Apple on it, but I think they had one of those phones that announces the caller. And I think that said Apple. And then when I answered it, I put it on speakerphone and it did identify itself as Apple. Um and then, you know, they gave the message, they said it very clearly, it was very loud, you know, nice, easy to hear voice, they spoke slowly, and they repeated it twice. And so, you know, enough time to be able to write it down, and then go enter the the verification code in. But this would be a good segue into what happened to you, Elisa, do you want to tell us a little bit about the, the caller that you got? And maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll use that audio lately, because I use that story now, too. <laughs> oh, glad I, I could be that. of
2: service. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I Trying to remember,
2: it happened almost a month ago at this point. So I get this phone call one day, and it says on the caller ID, Apple. And if I remember correctly, uh, from what Apple's number is, it had the correct, you know, eight hundred number for Apple. And I'm thinking, yeah, right, this is uh-huh. not Apple. So I answer the phone, and of course, it's a you know, a person with a uh, foreign accent telling me that my iCloud account has been hacked into AOL. <laughs> and he was taking really? an AOL account and yes. saying that it had something to do with iCloud, which right there. Yeah. So I'm like, oh boy. Swift <laughs> borrowing
0: start- terms that you'll
2: recognize. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: So, I, I know AOL.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. AOL and Apple. Yep. They're they're the same thing. So I started talking to her for about a minute and then all of a sudden I go, Oh, I gotta I'm thinking to myself, I gotta open up my phone. So uh-huh. I put him on speaker, opened my phone, got the voice memo, and I hit the record button. And then he's telling me that um, the ser- he's calling it the server and the network and all these terrible things have happened. <laughs> and then he asked me if anyone in my family had my password, and I said no. And he asked me where I was from. I said I live in Alaska.
0: Yeah, then Alaska killed me when he said Alaska. <laughs> yeah,
2: I played it for my husband later. He was dying, and uh, then he said, um, "How many devices do you have on and this your is the network? Best part. And I said, well, I, I, I was like, you know, playing dumb. I don't know what you're talking about. And he's, you know, Alexa or iPads or streaming sticks and that kind of stuff. I said, oh, yeah, I have that stuff. He goes, well, how many do you have? I said 700.
0: And you said it so matter-of-factly and you could just yeah. hear him like then, pause like, what? And he said 700. I said,
2: yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> like can great. you not tell by the tone of
0: my voice that i'm bullshitting you but you know but you kept such a straight face like in your voice i mean you couldn't see it but you could hear it like you were so serious and i was like i can't do that i just i don't have that talent you know, to be able to do and that that's
2: that's when i finally said when i got tired of it and that's when i finally. Yeah, yeah. and he's asked oh i asked him i said to him where are you calling from and he said he was calling from apple cupertino, cupertino. and i said that's i said that's funny you don't have a california accent yeah <laughs> And then he told me he was from Singapore, but he was working for Apple.
0: Like he should have thrown a dude in there or something, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah.
2: And that's that's when and he goes, "Do you have any other questions of me?" I said, "Yeah." How do you live with yourself scamming people? <laughs> and then he said, "I don't scam people." I just said, "You're full of shit." Yeah. and, and my hung that, up on that, or Well, then then the the then my other you know call waiting was ringing, and every <laughs> so I just said, "Oh, screw this," and I hung up. But, <laughs> But I've done that before where I've I've kept people on the line, like Microsoft. They've, I've kept them on the My line. My dad does that, too. Kept them on the line. And one time I even said to him, I said, why are you scamming people? And then well, he goes, well, I feel guilty, but, you know, it's a job. And I said, but you're hurting people. How can you do that? Da, 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 da. And he didn't hang up on me. He went back and, you know, kept going. But I have had people hang up at me when I tell them that you're yeah. scamming people, you're a jerk, you're full of shit. And they just go, well, <laughs>
0: you know, what? Yeah, see, and again, it, it's it's that attitude, somehow their attitude has been formed to just not give a shit. They just they do it and they have no remorse. They have no function about how they could be harming people. And and I, I just wonder where does that come from? How is that formed? I mean, that's kind of why we started out the the top of the show talking about parenting and, you know, because I think it kind of goes back to that, you know, how do we raise kids to be security aware and um conscientious and use informed consent and how do they develop good intent you know those those are the kinds of things that that i'm trying to tease out i'm trying to teach my kids about as far as responsibility goes because i don't want them to end up like one of these assholes
1: well and to be respectful too um you know and treat people well because you know that's you know we've, we've been talking about social networks and uh uh you know, that's one of the problems with social networks because you're these are faceless people, so then it's a lot easier to get uh to call them names to do things and yeah, and that gets a little harder because like I say it's I, you know, and to go back to, you know, you said the Microsoft caller, and I don't know, that may not speak volumes for me. I kind of miss getting those calls because <laughs> I would tear <laughs> into them, uh-huh. and uh, it was a kind of an anger release because I feel this person is scum. You're trying to scam people. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would yell and swear at them, and it, you know, release some anger on me. And like I say, maybe I shouldn't be so proud of that, but I figured these people are scum. It, you know,
2: yeah, kind of but, you need, but yeah. you need to waste their time instead of just, yeah. you know, calling you and saying, Mike, sure. you have a virus. You have to like waste their time, though I will never forget the Microsoft call that I got. This was by a female, and she said that I had a virus. And I said – one time I said, how can I have a virus on my – or how can I have a virus on my computer if I don't own a computer? She uh, kept right. insisting and then mm-hmm. hung up on me. Then yes. one time I said – I don't own a Windows computer, I own a Mac and her response was, it's not my fault you have the wrong computer. <laughs> I swear to God. Best, and I best. was just like I was just like WTF. Like what
0: the hell? Like like yeah. click, goodbye. I can't even talk to you cuz you're just like too stupid to live. So, so you guys, <laughs> okay. So back back to the attitude again. You guys sure. have the attitude that you would rather waste their time, and it's kind of a steam valve, and it's kind of a way to vent. They're you know, wasting my time. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna waste yeah. my time. It's, and there's going to be a bit
2: of an some, eye for an eye. And there's some poor person out there, unfortunately. They're going to hit on someone who says, oh, my God, my computer phoned home. There's something my wrong. People. And those they're going to hand people. over their credit card for $300. And that has happened. Me, and they'll say to me, OK, I've had the – are you in front of your computer right now? Yes, I am. OK, you need to go to www.blah, blah, mm. blah, 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 blah. Have you, have you been there yet? And I'll go, Yup. and I'm just sitting there. Yeah, you and might have see go,
0: like what it is that they're going to do. I don't even sure.
2: go to the website. I'm too afraid right. to even go to the website. Right. So I just pretend oh, – yeah, no.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm
2: looking right at. It. OK, you see where mm-hmm. it says download this? I'm just like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? You really
0: think I'm going to do that? And right. so I end up with those people. Then I'm the one who has to go in and like I'm kind of the digital janitor and I'm the one who goes in and cleans up the mess and and unclogs the toilet for them and gets their money back and that sort of thing. So I'm always like the advocate for the people getting scammed but the attitude that i take towards it whenever we get those phones i don't give them the time of day and and i'm and it's fine that you guys do but the attitude that i have or i guess the the idea that pops into my head is I don't wanna I guess it's it's fine if it's on a landline because maybe I don't know, maybe maybe there's not much that they can do. But I'm thinking I never wanna take one of those calls on a cell phone. And I worry about my dad because he's just like you guys and he will just mess with them. It's like a cat batting a, a bug that he's like chewed the legs off of and he's like tormented. Like that's that's his kind of attitude. But he can sense. block them
2: when he's done.
0: Well, he can if he knows how. So I've had to teach him that skill. OK, but see, my dad is the type of person and this happened a while ago and I told him he's got to stop that. If he gets a text message, he'll text them back. Or if he gets oh, a phone no, no, call, no. Oh. he'll answer. See, see, and I have to I have to put a stop to that and say, I delete listen, those I delete. do not. Yeah, I said, do not answer any texts back because that's how they can install something. That's how they can install malware or a virus on your phone by answering one of those text messages. OK, now we know that that is the, the future that we're in right now. My concern is what if in the future answering the phone can end up putting you – can end up compromising you in that same way where the, the, the longer you talk to them – like what if they take this attitude that we have towards these scammers and exploit it and they'll say, oh, I'm going to scam this person and I'm going to get them talking. And while, while they're talking, I'm going to be installing something through the phone call. Like I don't think we're there yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. If that is in the near future, where just by answering the phone and talking to someone that's, you know, for a length of time, like, you know how you see in the, like, I, maybe I watch too much TV, but you, you see how in the movies where they make a phone call, they're trying to, to, to fish someone. They're trying to use social engineering to get someone to come to a location and they're recording the call so that they can get the location You know, in the movies, like they say, you got to keep them on for like 15 seconds, because anything shorter than that, we're not going to get it. And you always see that that scene where they hang up and Oh, we didn't get it, we didn't get it. Or, you know, they celebrate because we got it. And then then they go and they track the person. So if they can get GPS coordinations from recording a phone call, I just wonder how much, how much more are we that far removed from getting data? And any other information. So my attitude is, I'm not going to waste their time. I'm not going to engage with it in the first place because I'm so untrusting. <laughs> well, I do this on my landline. If my phone rings and I don't recognize it, I don't answer it. See, I so figure, you have a different an, attitude. You have a yeah. different security an, attitude towards your cell phone, towards your mobile phone, than you do for your landline. If, if it's your landline could take the crap and, and you'll play yeah. with, you'll
2: play with that, it's that's more dangerous. They'll leave a message, and there has been right. times that it has been important, mm-hmm. and they've left a message, and I've called back because I knew. It was a legitimate phone call but I know and I think you probably have experienced this too if the prefix of your phone number is you know three four five you know one two three four if that's your phone number well what they're doing is they're taking that three four five and they're, they're spoofing, spoofing those numbers so I get a ton of phone calls yep. with that three four five and I just look at it and I go nope yep. because I don't if you were it. if you were a friend your name would pop up not your phone number so like if either one of you ever right. called me, it would come up Michael McKee or Melissa Davis. It wouldn't come up, you know, one, unless two, three, four, the five, six. Was,
0: unless the person was blocked. Like I will only ever answer a phone call if it's unknown, if I know that I'm expecting a call from a doctor. Because yeah. they will come up as blocked or unknown. Right, right. And I do have one client who is very security minded and she blocks her number whenever she makes a phone call. But if it's her, like I know she'll leave me a message. So, but see, again, it's about the, I I hate to keep harping on this, but it's about the attitude. Um, Older people, like people, you know, my parents' age were taught that it's only polite to answer a phone call, that you don't just ignore someone, that you do answer the phone or that it could be an emergency. So they answer every single call because that's just how they've been trained to do it. And I even said to another family member when we were talking about this, the, the family member was saying that they were concerned because they were getting these scam calls. Well, why is this happening? And I said, well, just don't answer it. And I said, only answer it if you know that you're expecting a call from a doctor or if you... If the person's in your in your address book, and this is why I keep harping on this this family member and other other clients and other family members, that your contacts app, your address book, is the holy grail. You really need to make sure that that is clean and up to date and has information on it, so that it can be identified. Because either if if people are in the phone system, because it doesn't always identify it, especially if it's a if it's a mobile number, it will identify us if we call you because we're in your contacts list. But if we're not, if I call you from a different phone or something, it may just come up as a cell phone number and it won't identify me. So it doesn't always have that caller ID. Right. Unless I I don't know what exactly controls that. But I think it's a combination of whether or not the person's in your contacts list versus if they're not. I don't know that it would even come up on a, on a mobile for like from a mobile to mobile, I don't know that it would actually identify it as such. I think you would just see the phone number. Yeah. It and doesn't you would say mobile. Them. It just says, you know, 800 blah, blah, yeah. blah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, but see, and- so people from a different generation have just been trained to just answer every single call. Yeah. And I said to this family member, I said, well, if they're not in your address book, if they're not in your phone, as as someone that is as identified as having that phone number, just don't answer it. And the person said, "Well, that's rude." <laughs> no, it's not. Well, and if it's important, they'll leave a
2: message. I, and right. they're oh. doing so much spoofing because I find right. even on my landline, what I'll do is I go to eight hundred notes and I will type in the phone number, and mm-hmm. it will because a lot of it it's local uh, a local exchange, and it will come up. You know, Joe Smith who lives at one two three Main Street, and just like, oh my God, they spoofed Joe Smith. I mean, one yeah. time. I came up, my name came up on the caller ID. I'm like, oh, look at that. I'm calling myself.
0: My my kiddo has one of those apps. See this, I find out about this stuff because I have, I'm just going to say a teenager. (laughs) I have a a preteen teenager kid who is just experimenting with all that stuff. And he actually got one of those apps that will spoof a phone call. So say for, and there's a legitimate reason. So say you're in a meeting or something or say you're with somebody and you want to get out of it. You can, I guess, press a or something like say you're checking your messages or whatever. You can do something with this app and it will call you back and it'll actually look like like someone legitimate is calling you so that you can get out of that situation. Right. <laughs> but that's that oh. spoofing right there. I mean, the, the kids are playing with this stuff. Kids are playing with this stuff, let alone crooks and spammers. Yeah. So, so just well, like they're there, spoofing, just like they spoof your email address, they're spoofing now your phone number right so but, so there's dangers on the phone and just phone calls phone calls are not innocent like they used to be and so that's why I'm kind of taking this untrusting attitude of like I am not gonna play this game and I want to teach my elders to not play the game either despite them having that same attitude like like my dad does like he wants to mess with them he wants to waste their time he wants to to talk to them and and play them but I'm like, dad, you gotta stop doing that I know it's tempting and I know it's fun for you. But I think there's going to come a day when on your cell phone, I think that something bad could happen from a phone call, let alone text.
1: He's well, been pretty uh, good
0: about the texting.
1: Sure. And it's not just generational because I think we're back to where we started from. It's about community because yeah. you know where, where I live here, especially with my job and a small community, uh, I will have people calling me uh, – they want to borrow some tables from the school or they want to do something. So I get calls from a lot of people because my number is out there, uh, mm. you know, in the in the community. And I would rather have people call me so we can get things, you know, dealt with. And so I do answer calls. And there are some, like you say, they spoof, uh, like ours is a 532 number. So they will spoof that and I will answer it. Uh, maybe not, well, yeah, even on my cell phone, but on the landline too. And I answer it just if it's somebody wanting to, you know, uh, something, you know, to deal with school or somebody with a question to ask me, I'll answer it. And uh, and a lot of times, uh, uh, some of the times it is uh, spoof calls or whatever, and I just hang up. Talk. Uh, I'll up say, right away. yeah, well, I'll say, who is this, and you know, what's it about, and you know, whatever, and and then they'll launch into their spiel, and I just hang up. I don't mm-hmm. even say anything to most of them anymore. But I just hang up. But like I say, so. You know, like I say, it's back to where we started from. It's you know, community. And so, yeah. And I think everyone's got to weigh it for themselves. I don't think there's one cut and dried answer for everybody. Mm-hmm. You kind of got to look at your situation. You got to look at, uh, you know, and some of it is, you know, how much trust you have. And maybe I trust people too much. I don't know. But and I don't uh,
0: trust people enough.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, and so, you know, and maybe the answer lies somewhere in the middle, but so, yeah, I think, you know, we've had a healthy discussion about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, everyone, it's, it, basically it boils down to everyone's got to make up their own mind and do what they think is best, but please, at some, even if you're not at either extreme, like, you know, me or Kevin, which is kind of the extremes, at least try to do something like make sure, you know, good password protection, mm-hmm. you know, a few basic things, you don't have to be Paranoid, but there's a few basic things you should do.
0: Don't, don't text back to scammers. Sure.
1: Yeah. Right. Just follow some basic precautions. But like I say, I, I think it is going to be on individual choice and whatever you're comfortable with and whatever, you know, will work with you. But so I think from there we will move on because we've been at this uh, a while here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So why don't we uh, launch into our picks and get a uh, laugh
0: when you see mine?
1: Um, <laughs> uh, Let's see here. I should have previewed what you got. Okay, I think we will. Uh...
2: <laughs> Melissa, tell us about your pick. Yeah, yeah, start there, mm-hmm.
1: because we're kind of going on from one thing. This kind of leads right into this, I think, just talking yeah, about Yeah, and let crap. me
2: say, have you ever used one? Because I have, and they're freaky.
0: Well, that's why I wanted to talk about it, because <laughs> I have not. I had something else in here. I can't remember what it was, and then I don't know what it was. Somebody mentioned something. One of our – I won't say who, because I don't want to. Go down that road, but somebody always talks about this in our in our community, and I, it just piques my interest. So <laughs> I will just say because this is one of those long ass titles, this is a high tech toilet is what I have for my pick. Because our our play money was let's see, our limit was five hundred to a thousand dollars, and so I had to go searching because this was kind of a bigger one. Because I don't normally spend a lot of money on stuff, but this falls in at uh, the best deal. And I did check Honey, by the way, and it is listed as a best deal on Honey. <laughs> It's one of those, those coupon clipper type services and it comes in at $531. Oh, let's see. There's two models. One of them is, is 529. I'm not exactly sure what the difference is. I think they have different remotes, but this is a bidet. This is a high tech toilet bidet. It's like a, it's like a toilet seat that you can install onto your existing toilet is what it looks like. And it's a bidet and it has a handheld remote and all these different features. It's got a, a three in one stainless steel nozzle. Offers posterior feminine vortex washes, improved hygiene, smart seat, smart decision, streamlined comfort, adjustable heated seat and water, and a slow closing lid. Let me tell you, that is the favorite feature. I love a slow closing Uh. toilet lid, don't you? (laughs) Well, yeah, and we we have
2: one, it was like 20 bucks.
0: You know, for, well
1: maybe no, that's for a, why
2: it's horrible <laughs> for a slow no for a slow closing. Well, lid. For clo- okay, oh, no. When right. we when when I used to bidet when we were in Italy, all the hotel rooms had one. Yeah. So we were in this really fancier hotel with this big huge bathroom. I said I got to give this a try. It's like oh, yeah. it's it's just weird. I mean, it's, it's weird. I not know. not not to get too you know can't my Not sure. to get too deep in the weeds here, but it would be right. nice after you've given birth. Uh-huh. Those <laughs> those are nice. Well, those are comforting but otherwise I'm like eh, that's just ugh. no thank uh, you I've
1: I've never used one but it, the thought crosses my mind because well yeah again not to go too deep into the weeds but uh <laughs> I kind of I I kind of call it janitor's complaint you know you sweat you walk you chafe yeah, you know, you this chafe. Kind of stuff yeah, and I thought something a little less harsh would <laughs> might help, you know. Uh, so I, the thought has crossed my mind. So, uh, well, I'm an IBS
0: sufferer, so I always do. I always do take uh, the throne into consideration. <laughs> when sure, it comes sure. To, like I said, well, I like a slow closing lid. So you know, well, I, I, I know. have my my, <laughs> uh,
1: my toilet seat had a close slow closing lid too, but I think the thing is exhausted because now it just goes. I'm tired. Just flop. yeah. Yeah, so, uh, okay, well, now that we've kind of cleansed ourselves, um, <laughs> now I guess uh, uh, somebody wants to be cool yeah, here. Yeah, who so. wants to
0: follow up with that?
1: Sure. Well, uh, so, Elisa, be cool.
2: So, I've got a Dyson tpo 4 Pure cool tower it's you know it's called an air purifier it's on sale at best buy for just a penny under five hundred dollars but the regular price is four four five forty nine ninety nine it's on sale for four ninety nine ninety nine and it looks like it's an air purifier and a fan
0: well this would be perfect so this is what you need for after the bidet yeah so that's, that's why i wonder like how are you going to dry yourself that's 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 <laughs> a thing you go through a lot of towels so yeah. <laughs> okay Unless you have one of these suckers,
2: yeah. So this or says lowers. it's a variable it's a it's speed a a selector. It has ten different fan speeds. It um, it has powerful airflow throughout the room. It has three hundred fifty degree oscillation. It has a HEPA filter. Uh, nice. it, it, it's uh, voice controlled with Alexa. It's recommended by the allergy, the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. So, and, and from what I understand, Tyson has really, really good products, anywhere from heaters oh, to yeah. they're like dryers, the Apple of
0: vacuum cleaner
2: to even t- uh, hair dryers and hair straighteners, which are like crazy yeah. expensive, but they're supposed to be, if you can afford it and you want the ultimate, that's what you buy. Yep. So I said, well, like you, Melissa, this fit into our budget.
1: Okay and yeah. so you're you're purifying the air so you can after you've spouted uh, obscenities at the uh uh people calling you on the phone you can cleanse the air with this thing But the
2: funny thing is I'm getting emails from Best Buy going you still want this? <laughs> it's like I no. never put it in my cart. I just looked at. They're like you want it? It's still available. Like N- no thank you.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh and so, and, and for my pick, when I'm not, you know, playing, you know, evil games with uh, telemarketers, uh, I want to just play some games themselves. And so, I uh, looked at, and I, I would like to explore the world of VR, virtual reality. And there are some games I really wished I could play in uh, in VR like that. One of them would be like Farm Simulator. If I could feel like I'm actually sitting in the tractor, operating the controls somehow, that would be kind of cool. But so, I got the. Uh, uh PlayStation 4 uh, shooter bundle that's got the PlayStation uh, Pro, uh, PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, it's got the VR headset, the controllers, and all that stuff. And that comes in at—I um, think it was just over.
0: It's just uh, here, used at eight fifty-four ninety.
1: Uh, that could be it. I got eight twenty-nine. dollars yeah, yeah, it says
0: available yeah. from these a,
1: sellers. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, about eight eight fifty somewhere in there in that it comes neighborhood.
0: With Doom and another game that I can't tell what it is.
1: Uh yeah, I looked at yeah, Doom and uh Yeah, I can't, can't tell rep- what it is either. The other...
0: but, Transport uh, is that what it
2: says? Transport?
1: Maybe. Uh of course I, tri- I click on the picture and it doesn't get any bigger. That's how no Yeah, point. it doesn't. Uh, that but uh yeah so like i say uh uh i i like my gaming i don't have a ps4 i've got xbox and uh the switch and and such but uh, you know i like to, i'd like to explore that sometime uh, and maybe sometime they will come up with a uh a uh, game where you run around and harass telemarketers uh, you fly through the <laughs> cool oh, pff- Tron meets telemarketers or something like that, where you race through the phone system and try to uh, beat them before they get some unsuspecting caller on the line or something I'm like that. I'm
0: telling you, I'm telling you, the teacher's <laughs> not
1: here yet. Vig- vigilante, but uh, vigilante uh Vigilante uh, hunters uh, chasing after telemarketers. There's a game. right? it, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think with uh, our flight of fancy here uh we'll uh wrap up uh you know this episode of geeky show ever so we will uh do what we usually do when i remember to do it and we will introduce ourselves so uh uh, melissa why don't you uh tell people where they can find you
0: you can find me online all over at the mac mommy you can go to my website themacmommy.com. just don't call me
1: okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was going to say, Alisa, uh, uh, if you're not too concerned about um, privacy, where can people get a hold of you if they want to comment or sell you something?
2: On Twitter, it's uh, at Sensei Dai. Uh Also, 3geekyladies.com the number three spelled out. I just put out an episode. It was just me, no Suze or Vicky, uh, speaking with Mike Potter about the upcoming Mac Stock Expo.
1: Cool. Ah, okay. And for the person like me who kind of lets it all hang out, but not that, um i don 't hang everything on people what do you just... meatloaf? <laughs> ooh ah, uh, no, uh anyway, so if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on twitter at d s c chipman and I have my about me page at about me slash mike mcpeak and I also have my uh, uh other podcast that I do holding out for a hero, and you can find that at that at holding dot net uh, and if you have any uh uh, comments or, uh, criticisms of the show, you can, uh, send it to, I got to bring up my, I forgot to bring up my page here with <laughs> my stuff on it because I am so, here we go, Show outro. Um, yeah, get organized, idiot. Okay, so if you uh, if you want to find out more about the show, head over to geekiestshowever.com. dot com. Reviews and comments on iTunes are always welcome, and we thank everyone who does that. And we hope you have enjoyed the show as much as we have. And don't forget between now and next week to hug a geek.
2: Hi, I'm Bart Pushtits, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast.